Hello, welcome to the Mag Life. I'm Daniel Shaw, and I'm here with an awesome person that I, I think you guys are gonna dig. And uh, her name is Erin Blevins, and uh, she does some really, really cool stuff. And I'm gonna let her tell you what she does real quick, and then we're gonna get into why she does those things. So, Erin, welcome to the show. Cool, thanks for having me on. Um, what do I do? I do so many different things. Um, Right now, I am writing my second book, so I guess I could call myself an author. Um, My book, The Essential Carnivore Diet Cookbook, came out in February, which was really cool. I've been chefing for a while. Um, I grew up chefing with my dad. He owned some restaurants here in Salt Lake City, and now he lives in Oregon. Um, So I grew up chefing with him from a really, really young age. Um, Loved cooking. loved food, loved hosting and presenting food. It's kind of like my way of, of showing my love um, or like giving yeah. someone an experience. Um, and then I moved into fitness at, you know, a, a fairly young age and I just loved it. And so I married the two together and I figured out I could manipulate food and training to get a specific outcome. And that's just, I've, that's kind of engulfed me in the past decades with just, you know, figuring out how I can run faster or lift more weights or, you know, help pull someone out of an eating disorder, which is huge. Yeah. Um, Help, you know, make, PTSD less painful, balancing brain chemistry out. So, you know, that's kind of the realm that I've been playing around with for the past couple years. Um, and then along the way, I've, I've done some cool stuff. I've competed quite a bit in CrossFit and um, half marathon and running and uh, chefed on DC Films. So I was Superman's chef, which was pretty cool. <laughs> that is pretty um, cool. You fed Superman? Yeah, yeah. So I, um, my husband and I worked on um, Justice League, and it, my husband's been working with Henry Cavill for the past ten years as his um, fitness coach. And so every time he has a big movie, specifically with DC Films, um, we're on set and we go and and help turn Henry Cavill into Superman. So we get him prepared for you know his on-screen presence as as Superman. Make sure he stays pumped. Stays yeah, fed. yeah. So that's a big transformation. So that's that's been a really cool process, just you know, having to be so pinpointed with nutrition, you know, on, on that level is kind of stressful and crazy, but it makes you real good at your job really quick. <laughs> um, and then right now, my husband and I and um, Mark Twight, um, my husband's business partner, Mark Twight, we own a facility in Salt Lake. Um, and our podcast studios here, we have a private, very private studio gym, um, big photography studio, and then our publishing company. So it's hard to pinpoint what it, we do a lot. <laughs> yeah, you got a lot going on. That's awesome. Yeah. But you're probably reaching a lot of people and, you know, hopefully changing some lives I hope. for the better. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I hope so. So I, the reason I, I wanted you to come on on this show is uh, and talk, you know, we, we do firearms, self-defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I don't really get into hardware a whole lot because it's not really my thing. But, you know, software is important to me and, and your mind and mindset and mm-hmm. self-control and uh you know, thinking and, and good decision making, and just being a good person, being a good human, and um, and you know, and spreading that around. And the uh, you seem like you're you're those things. So uh, and, and got some pretty unique experiences. Not everybody's out there, you know, feeding Superman and uh, and that kind of stuff. It's pretty cool. For but sure. uh, what I'm really interested in is, uh, you know, there's a 
there's a there's an epidemic, maybe even a pandemic, but there's an epidemic in this country of um, people being unfit, right? And uh, and there's a lot of things in society that are that are making it where, um, or at least promoting the idea that it's not okay to say, hey man, you should really get some some get healthy, you know, or you should you should maybe do this or or that. Uh, whether they're super duper thin, you know, and, and like not eating because they, you know, body dysmorphia or whatever. I, you know, I, I'm not a professional and all this stuff. So you just correct me if I say something stupid along the way. All right. Um, or, or the other side or, you know, morbidly obese and that kind of thing. And um, I, I think that's, that's hurting our, our, the, our culture, you know, and, and everybody gets to make their own choices, what they want to do. And, you know, I, I've battled things my whole life myself, but the um, it's a, uh, it's a societal thing that that's making it like it's 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 tough to to try to help people because they say you're shaming, but really I I care about people. Absolutely, um, that's huge. I oh man, this is pretty much what I'm writing my next whole book on because it's it's such a taboo, touchy subject. I mean, nutrition in itself is a, a touchy taboo subject. You know, you say you're vegan and you get attacked by the other side. You say that you're carnivore, you get attacked by the vegans. Yeah. It's almost like a, a terrorist mindset, you know, and, and you say something like, hey, I'm worried about you. I think that you're too heavy or, you know, I think that you you should, you know, start walking for 30 minutes a day and, and all of a sudden it's like you're throwing warfare at someone. Are you attacking me? Yeah, yeah and it's, it's really sad. I mean, we have so many studies on you know a, a specific amount of physical fitness that helps keep a body healthy you know we are these physical beings and we are meant and designed to move and run and walk and go uphill and you know do all of these physical things and uh, with an elevated heart rate and it I it's interesting because there's this there's this whole body positivity movement you know where people are proud to be a less ideal size or a less ideal body fat percentage. And, you know, I think if you dive into it, um, I think everyone should feel good about themselves, you know, to a point. But one thing that you shouldn't feel good about is, you know, aching when you're waking up or, you know, being stuck in an insulin cycle and, having that affect the way that you think. I mean, these are these are real issues. And so I think it's masked by this, this body positivity movement right now. And I think that it's amazing that people are feeling good about themselves, but I think we can do better. You can feel good about yourself while you're changing. I mean, I'm 5'8", I'm lean. I stay very lean because I love being athletic, but I'm constantly trying to change and get better. And, you know, not just with my body composition, but I want to run faster. I want to lift more weights. And so I I think as long as we're moving in this, you know, this progression of like bettering ourselves, I think that we can kind of get past it a little bit, but we're kind of stuck in this super strange epidemic and, and hopefully, you know, there's some knowledge that can come out pretty quick about how to make small movements towards bigger things. Um, Because I really don't believe that, you know, someone that weighs 300 pounds wakes up and feels amazing about themselves. There's there's no way. Um, In my experience, uh, both of those, you know, eating disorders or or, or, uh, I don't know all the correct terms um, are often connected with some some other mental health issues that are 
even more dangerous than some of the the, the effects of of the, the the young lady who who thinks she has to have her hip bone sticking out and like wants to eat wants to eat absolutely nothing like ate a potato chip all day you know like I remember those in high school and I've known a few with some some eating disorders and it's been it was really sad and you know they were often really uh, depressed and, and and sad people and, and weren't happy with themselves and and like I like what you said about you know like if they're you know really overweight they don't have to go lose it all and get super slim or if they're you know they have an eating disorder and and they just one small step in the right direction you know just a little something you're gonna feel great about that you know uh, I've recently started um, I took a little five month break from hitting the gym and, and working out and uh, you know after just you know two weeks of being back at it I'm seeing much faster run times and I'm seeing uh, you know, more weight and I'm feeling better. I've got more energy throughout the day. And so like, I, I haven't made these like massive gains or anything, but I've made small little incremental changes that, that I really notice. And it's really helped me a lot, you know, mentally as well. And now I can think about other things better. So, uh, it really does make a difference. I mean, I totally agree with what you just said. We're eating the correct amount and the correct nutritional, um, like deeper nutrition for us, for our body and to keep our body going and our brain functioning clear during the day, we shouldn't really be overweight. And so one thing that I kind of dove into, because for the past 10 years, I've really been focused on sports nutrition. You know, I've, I've chefed for the Atlanta Braves and it's like, okay, I need to throw calories at these people. I work with a lot of athletes where, you know, calories are a big deal. I need to give them enough and I need to give them the right macronutrient profile. But since I wrote my book, um, on the carnivore diet, it's really interesting because I've been able to dive into deeper nutrition, like, um, you know, organ meat and bone marrow and some of these like deeper nutrition, um, that I think we forget about one because I, I don't think we have access. Like, you know, when was the last time you saw a heart in the grocery store? It's just not very prevalent. Um, at a normal grocery store. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, so it's still out there in other cultures. Um, I'm not a fan of organ meat myself. Yeah. I'm not either. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but diving into some of this deeper nutrition, my wife will tear it up. I, I'm not a fan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it goes back to, you know, what our ancestors used to eat and why they felt so good. And I think that we've implemented a lot of new, better ways. Um, but I've seen um, emotional roller coasters balanced out. I've I've helped, um, and I'm not a doctor, so I'm not speaking. I'm not trying to treat anything. But seeing you know a, a huge pool of clients who are you know I can throw some information out like hey take take heart and liver. Um, from ancestral supplements you know let's let's have you guys take an organ supplement that has a high content of coq10 and all of a sudden i'm you know six weeks later i'm getting feedback on um these supplements or some of this deeper nutrition where people are feeling better and they're sleeping better and in turn they're getting out and they're able to walk because they're not as emotionally and mentally exhausted and you know it's it's these small steps towards a better lifestyle that i think will help optimize human performance in the long run and you know i think people get stuck in this very 
empty nutrition. You know, usually people who are overweight, and my clients that have helped that are that come to me because they want to change and they're overweight. Um, a lot of times they're stuck in this massive amount of carbohydrates. They're eating lots of processed foods and seed oils and, you know. Tons of sugar. Mm-hmm, not, not animal fats. So like seed oils, margarines, mayonnaise. Um, and so they're stuck in this, this cycle of eating a massive amount of food, but the nutrition is empty where, you know, you can say, all right, I'm going to take all of these calories. I'm going to give you the same amount of calories, but let's replace it with, you know, a steak and some eggs and, you know, some food with some real nutrition. And all of a sudden people feel better. They're dropping weight. They're out moving around and playing with their kids. And whether you care about a six pack or, you know, you just want to go walk down the street to the park with your kids. I, I think that both are useful and I think that both are essential. I mean, I don't know who wouldn't want to go and, and play with their, their kids and feel good enough to do that. So. Sure. Let's talk about that nutrition and, and human performance a little bit, because I, yeah. I, I am about as far from an expert as is possible. Um, but I, I have found I've lived all over the place, Aaron, like I, all over the place. And I have found that uh, the friends I make in certain locations, like regionally, the nutrition education system in public school varies greatly from state to state. So uh, I, I, I feel like the where I went to school. Um, I grew up in North Carolina that, you know, we got whatever the government was saying, you know, that's good food pyramid, this and that, you know, that's, uh, you know, depending on who you ask and what you research and read, it was based on some failed theory and some other stuff, but that's a, probably a different story altogether. You can talk much smarter about than I could. And then I, I get to Wichita, Kansas, lived there for a while. And I, I know of uh, at least three people right now. And, and I know tons of people that are probably the same, but there's something about the, the, the nutrition system that uh, these people don't eat anything green. And they don't, they won't touch anything, um, anything healthy. It's like, uh, they live off chicken nuggets. Like the understanding of nutrition in that area, I don't know what it is, but, uh, it was just a trend that I kept seeing around there. Um, so I, I don't know the, the nutrition stuff, so, but it being, a, there's a lot of people listening to this, this podcast who, who want to be fit, you know, to defend themselves, to defend their families and stay here to remain on this planet to protect their families. A lot of law enforcement officers and military folks. So, uh, for them to optimize or, or myself to optimize, you know, I, I've been through a few different things out of boredom. You know, I was stationed in Okinawa, Japan, and I was really bored. And um, I um, I went vegan. I didn't, not vegan, but I, I ate vegetarian for six months just to see if I could do it. And uh, I did it. I felt I felt great. It was good, you know, and I was running a lot and, and, and PTing a lot, you know, working out a lot. Not a lot of strength training, but a lot of, uh, you know, body weight exercises with the military and uh, some, some long distance running, half marathons, maybe a little bit over, never did a full. Um, felt amazing. It was great. And then I don't know why I felt amazing. Maybe you do, but I'm, I'm curious. Like, why did, why did that feel so good? So uh, not a lot of people know this about me, but I was vegan for 10 years. So I went down the vegan wow, route. You, you went from carniv- from vegan to carnivore. Well, there was a, another decade in there, but I, I was vegan. Um, from almost 10 years so from 18 until about 26 so 27 um and i felt really good um i felt really good being vegan and i you know growing up with my dad he was just he ate so paleo um and that was kind of what i grew up on like no processed foods you know everything from scratch tons of meat lots of veggies um and then i went 
I went straight from eating like a teenager. So, you know, driving through Wendy's, like this is so not my normal diet um, to vegan. And I felt really good. And I told myself I felt good. And all my friends were going vegan. And and I've kind of dove into this a lot because I think anytime somebody starts paying attention to their nutrition and reading labels, whether it's keto or carnivore yeah. or paleo, you know, you're paying attention. So you're automatically making better choices, right, than what you were doing before. And I think that that has something to do with it. Um, I felt good for a very long time. And obviously, I'm going through my 20s. So I, I like I don't know very many 21 year olds that don't feel great. You know, I, I wish I still had that same energy now. Um, but I, I started not feeling so great. Um, went to the doctor. I, I had started to get into racing. And it could also be racing, you know, sports performance at the highest level. Yeah. It's not super healthy. You know, it, prepping for a half marathon or a marathon is not healthy. Like, you're under body weight. Um, you're, you're, no, your internal organs start doing some weird things oh, and yeah. stuff, too, with long distance. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I went to the doctor, and I got a butt, blood profile done. And... My doctor was basically like, you are premenopausal. You're 26 and you're premenopausal. Has there been a time period in your life where you haven't eaten animal uh, amino acids? And I'm like, well, I'm vegan. I've been vegan since I was 18. And she said, I can tell in how your body responds to uh, sugar. So my A1C, my triglycerides were all over the place. And also, um, you know, my, my... hormonal profile wasn't there like it was very low across the board and everything um testosterone which is pretty normal for a female um but also progesterone um estrogen was was a little bit elevated which is not very healthy um and my thyroid was really really low and i was you know i was young so um and, and I felt really lethargic on the vegan diet. And that could have been because I was not feeling myself properly for racing. You know, obviously I go back in my head and if I were vegan now, I would probably do it totally different with, with what I know now about nutrition. Um, but within three weeks of eating animal products again, my um, hormonal profile started to change. So I, you know, and I'm not bagging on the vegan diet. The vegan diet taught me so much about Um, it it taught me a ton about nutrition and I work with a lot of vegans and vegetarians, even though I just came out with my carnivore book. Um, it's, you know, it's definitely a compassionate diet, but I don't think it's a long-term thing. I think it's kind of a, a reset. Um, but anyway, so 10 years passed, I was kind of eating whatever vegetables, um, uh, grains, a little bit of nuts. I kind of went um, keto for a little while to see if that helped with sports performance as far as endurance training goes. Um, and I kind of landed on on carnivore diet on accident. Um, and that's that's been like such a, a cool experience to kind of tap into that. And I'm not super strict to carnivore right now, and we can kind of talk about that in a minute. Um, but Anyway, vegan diet it tends to be a little bit more prevalent in like the coastal areas like California. It's very popular. Yeah. Um, you know, Midwest is rough. My my mom's family's from Ohio and I always told her, you know, it's great that you moved to Utah because I think we would all be, probably be really heavy. Um, visiting visiting Ohio just, you know, 
each summer as I was a child, I noticed things, the same kind of things in the grocery store weren't available there. And so I don't know if it's an availability thing or if it's um, like a mass mentality thing, but it is much different from like where I live in Salt Lake. We grow so much, you know, we have so many things available to us. Yeah. And it's, no, I've seen that regionally, the, mm-hmm. the grocery stores change, yeah. And, and it's much different from what I would see in Oregon. I mean, I go to Oregon and I'm like, wow, I feel like I need to get my, you know, my shit in gear and get healthier. Just, you know, going to the, to the grocery stores in Portland, like they just have a different level of nutrition. And so obviously I think you know, what we're taught and what we're around, we see, you know, okay, my family is overweight. This is um, something that's been passed down to me. And now I'm going to be overweight because my family's overweight. But um, I don't believe that obesity is genetic. I think it's an environmental. And so no, I, I agree. And can I, can I, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, you yeah. The, uh, the ev- everybody in my family is, is obese. Like my mother was until she passed away. My 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 father. My uh, and they always they weren't always, but um, you know my my everybody in my family. Like pretty every single person, um, except I I left their habits. I left their habits, you know, and, and I love them all to death, you know, and I, I always will. But I, I left their habits a month after I turned seventeen years old, and I was very active up until that point you know, in my life playing sports and everything else. And, um, and, uh, I went and joined the Marine Corps and then I was taught more about nutrition. I don't know how accurate it was, but then I was told what to eat and what not to eat and forced to exercise more and, um, made some personal choices along the way that of, of not doing some things. And, uh, you know, it's, and when, when I aroused people like, you sure that you're, you're, like that, I, I'm. Is that your son or is that your brother? Like, you don't look like anybody else in the family. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know how to take that, you know. And I'm not, I'm not bagging on on any of them at, at all. But um, it's, it, it's a product of of choices or maybe even information. And I think a lot of people don't know any better. And that's why I really wanted to have you here because you know you're you're one of the the experts out there, you know, like without a doubt. So. Um, for, for me, like, I don't know what to do. I read stuff, but then I read something counter to it, you know, that, that argues against it. And then I read somebody else's opinion. And, you know, the carnivore diet might work amazing for you. Does that mean it's going to work for me? You know, uh, my favorite diet or eating plan that I've ever done in my life, it's just really hard for me to do because uh, I like some things that I have to cut out. And I I, I think there's an important thing in, in life, and that's living and having fun and enjoying yourself and eating something that you like to eat. There ain't nothing wrong with that. You know, tear it up. Go go grab some fried chicken and a piece of cake if you want some fried chicken and a piece of cake. You just might have to run the extra miles tomorrow or something. You know, but the um, keto, you know, I, I, I just, that was my favorite of best feeling. I had steady energy all day long. You know, I wanted to go run more because I knew when I was running, I was burning fat, you know, like, because I didn't have any carbs in me because I was doing like 15 grams of carbs, zero sugar, um, but the coolest thing about keto, and I did that for like seven months, and then I did it for like three months again, and then uh, just just doing it every once in a while to get myself back on, just kind of to, to, to reel myself in if I started eating too much or, or doing something. But what, what you said earlier, it makes me read all the labels so I know what I'm eating, and it made me make better choices, and it made me do research and read to make sure I wasn't making mistakes. So then I learned things along the way. You know, I know keto is not a long-term thing for me. There's nothing, and whether I, I mean, I'd ever do it again. Maybe I will. I, I have no idea. 
but I know that uh, the things that I learned in that process and the habits I formed, and I, I, I completely stopped drinking sodas, and I, I haven't drank in a sugar, like soda, soft drink, or even a diet in like three years. Uh, it's like, so that right there, that all made a big difference to me, you know? And it's, uh, I'll, I'm, I'm doing 75 hard right now, just because me and the wife were talking about it, we wanted to do it. Um, I'm on like day 10. So, and then one of the things I cut out for this part of the eating plan was uh, I'll drink uh, like zero sugar energy drinks sometimes. And um, I said, none of those for these 75 days. Hopefully I'll stop those altogether during this process. You know, and I haven't wanted one. I wanted one the first couple of days, but I haven't wanted one, you know, in like a week or two now. So it's um, th- that those things like that, I don't know how, I'm curious, one, um, not going to ask you to like design me an eating plan or anything, but uh, how can I, how can we get this, this information across to, to people out there? Like, yeah, I know you're thinking this is a fad diet and this is a stupid thing that people are want to do. And, you know, how do you know if somebody's a pilot, a CrossFitter or on keto, you know, they're going to tell you, right. It's like, it's a, I know there's all this stigma and everything else associated with it, but there's a lot of good that can even come from a, not the best diet diet, I guess you could say. And I basically, where should people start to, to really learn or realize they don't know anything and maybe learn something about uh, better nutrition and, and, you know, healthier living. So you touched on some cool stuff in there. Um, One thing that um, I'm a big believer in and one thing that we really try to focus on and teach our clients and people that we work with is, especially working in the movie industry, um, your environment will change your outcome, right? So if I'm hanging out with friends that go and drink and eat pizza every night and Mm -hmm. eat burgers, they don't train, like they don't, you know, they don't do anything physical, then I will eventually be a version of that. Uh, yeah. I'm not strong enough. Like I'm human. I'm not strong enough to not be that if that's my community. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, the community that I've built for me that, you know, is my obviously my fitness community. They're athletes that can push me. Um, you know, they're people who care about their diet to an extent that, you know, makes me pay attention a little bit more. And I don't. I'm not a big believer in like, you know, I have to follow this 100% all the time because I don't think that that's healthy. And, uh, well, I don't think it's healthy psychologically. Um, Any kind of diet that pulls you away from your social life, if, if you can't go to a family barbecue because you're keto and, you know, your mother in law is making something that's not keto, so you have to say, nope, I'm gonna stay home, like that's not. That is not sustainable. It's not a healthy diet. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, yeah. that's weird. And so you have in one small part of your life, but you're hurting tons of other parts yeah, of your life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and you're gonna sit at home with your abs and have no family. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just hanging out with your abs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> um, I like I like to find something that is a good guideline. You know, like paleo diet came out and it got big. And I thought that those were really good guidelines, you know, take, pull out processed foods, eat foods in its most nat- natural form. And you can make, um, you can make paleo more carb heavy. If you're an athlete, you know, throw some sweet potatoes in there for recovery, um, or pull the carbs out and go, you know, somewhat keto within the paleo yep. guideline. Like that was such a good, pa- uh, such a good guideline. Um, and same thing with carnivore diet. Like I, I eat very 
uh, meat-based. I'd call it meat-based. Um, and there's a section in the back of my book that's geared a little bit more towards like hormonal balancing and, you know, wanting to be meat-based for athletes or people who are a little bit more physically active, um, especially in like high glycolytic sports like CrossFit or, you know, weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Um track track runners um where we add in a little bit of fruit and honey and i that is enough like that's enough for me i eat you know very few things strained from that diet but i'm also not a crazy person about it you know friday night rolls around i've usually trained about 14 times when friday hits and that's my double training day and now i go right into Friday night right into Saturday comp training. It's it's a big end of the week training for me. And if I want to go and get Mexican food and have some corn chips, I'm not crazy about it. You know, I, I go and have something that sounds good or I might have some rice or a sweet potato or something that feels like a refeed to me. And maybe that would be someone's version of something super healthy. Um, you know, maybe pizza would be a better option for someone else. But for me, like, I feel like I can get a very good refeed out of that amount of carbohydrates. I feel really good to train the next day. So, um, so it all comes down to goals, right? Like, so what are are your goals? What are you trying to achieve in the long term? I mean, do you want to just go out drinking with your friends and eating pizza every night? Like I'm here for a fun time, maybe not for a long time. Like that's going to be fine. Like that, if that's your goals, but you know, if you want to be fit and, and live, uh, you know, that's what's one of the things I, I try to help people live a safer life and, and, you know, be here longer to provide for their families and, and be with their families and, and, uh, just out of love. I, I use the word love a lot because I, I think love is why we do a lot of things for the, for the right reasons. When we do something out of love, maybe we do the wrong thing, but at least it's usually for the right reason. Sometimes we get it right. We do the right thing. And for the right reasons, that's when it's the best, right? So even staying healthy, you know, like I don't want to go out and run, run, I ran, um, uh, four miles night before last, you know, last night I, I, I worked out again, went to the gym. We're doing the two a day thing with 75 hard. Like I, I'm not doing this because like I enjoy any of it. Like I, I went to a, a, a personal trainer. Uh, I went, well, I signed up for the YMCA and they're like, Hey, you get two personal trainer visits. And I'm like, okay, I'll go check this out. I go talk to this personal trainer and he's like, all right. So we did this body fat percentage thing and they checked me out and everything. And he's like, well, okay, so what exercises do you not like to do? I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, what exercises do you do you really hate? And I'm like, I hate all exercises, right? Like I used to have to get up at four in the morning for like many years of my life in the Marine Corps, exercising all the time. I'm like, I don't like doing any kind of exercise. I don't like running, but I I, I run, right? I, I don't like doing any of this stuff. And uh, I was like, why are you asking me this? He's like, because I'm going to stay away from those exercises. I'm like, man, you're probably, I'm, I'm not mad at you, but you're probably not the personal trainer for me. Like that, my personal trainer is a guy who's like, whatever you don't want to do, that means you probably suck at it the most, and we need to actually keep you out of your comfort zone. So they need to make me do that exercise every single day until uh, I don't hate it anymore, and it's just another thing that I do, right? So I'm like, this probably isn't going to work out. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I've mixed experience with, uh, with with that kind of stuff, but I, I don't know. It's just, my goals are, I want to stay alive and and be at my son's, my youngest son's wedding. You know, like I, I want to. Um, I, I want to see all those things. And like, those are the things that are the most important to me. I want to be able to run 200 yards across the soccer field when we're at a family barbecue and, and save that choking kid, you know, yeah. or, or my son who's choking, you know, and, and do the homic maneuver I, I, and still have the, the dexterity and the, the clarity of mind after sprinting that distance. Uh, like those are the things that are important to me, you know, not, 
not beach muscles or, or looking good. It's, it's the functional side of it. And that's, that's huge. Um, out of all of the clients that I've worked with over the past uh, decade, I have not worked with one person that is similar to the next. Everyone has a totally different plan. And, you know, as much as I'd like to say, hey, everyone's carnivore or everyone is this way, like it just doesn't work. Um, yeah. So along with, as long, along with um, like a good guideline that I could hand off to people, I think eating foods in its most natural form is you know, the first thing, the first step that people can do, like start paying attention is if you're going to have whole grain bread, are there a million ingredients in it? Are there things in it that you can't pronounce? Okay, find something that has minimal ingredients, you know, something that's whole grain, um, you know, start eating fruits and vegetables that are in in its most natural form. Um, And then, you know, see if you are someone who maybe trains you know more cross training or you know you climb uphill and you might need a little bit more carbohydrate and if you don't um then that's fine you could easily pull carbohydrates down i carbohydrates are very useful for sport and physical activity but they're not i don't think that they're very necessary just to sit around at your office you know if you're working all day it's going to cause brain fog you're not going to be able to um, you have ups and downs mm-hmm. you know? emotionally yeah. up emotional up and downs you're not going to sleep as solid so then that cycle starts again the next day where you didn't get much sleep so your body's craving sugar so that it can wake up you know so I, I actually like pulling carbohydrates away from training you know the best that I possibly can I've seen athletes uh, at fairly high levels train on less than 50 grams of carbohydrates a day so, um, so what are they burning when they're out there working it depends on what you're doing. Like if, if you were running endurance fats, um, carbohydrates are still great for recovery. Um, you could get away with, with not recovering with carbohydrates. You can, you can do fats and proteins and, you know, amino acids and BCA drinks and you'll recover just fine. Especially if the distance is long enough and the pace is slow enough. Um, but I usually throw in carbohydrates for like my CrossFit athletes. And you can get away with, um, you can get away with very low. So one thing that I played around with um, when I was, I I did carnivore diet pretty hardcore strict for about 11 months and it worked because I sprained my ankle really bad, but I was training for a couple of competitions before I wrote the book and it kind of fell into place where now I'm injured. The pandemic is hitting all European competitions um, that I'd qualified for were canceled and I had this bad injury. So I'm like, all right, now I'm going to try hard carnivore so I can finish writing this book and give like real honest feedback and information to people. Um, and as I started healing and getting better, and I'll have to say, like, I felt amazing on carnivore diet. I was so surprised. I thought I was going to feel like garbage because I was eating like a CrossFitter. I was eating tons of carbohydrates. I was training really hard. Um, I was training three hours a day, really heavy, really fast. I was racing a lot and prepping for competitions. My carbohydrates were probably between 185 and 250, you know, a day. Um, And I was burning right through it. Um, So going from that to carnivore diet, um, I thought I was just going to feel like garbage, but I felt really good. I felt really emotionally level. Um, I felt really clear. I felt like I just took like 
you know, endogenous ketones plus fasted all day. Like my brain felt so clear. Um, I felt very motivated. Um, I had pretty good energy, but like if I sat on the bike, the C2 bike and, and spun, which I could do with my sprained ankle, I couldn't push to my top end. So my VO2 max wasn't there. Like I just didn't have that, Mm. like, you know, the same kind of top end at and energy level that you get from carbohydrates. So that wasn't there, which I was fine with. Um, you saw a difference in your VO2 max. 100%. Carnivore and on carbs. Yeah, I felt like my VO2 max wasn't there during carnivore. Huh. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, but I, I felt really good in other ways, like my digestion, which I've struggled with, you know, off and on for my whole entire life, felt really good. Um, I felt really hormonally balanced. I didn't feel like a crazy psychopath certain times of the month. I felt like really good. I didn't have sugar cravings. Um, I never felt bloated. Like just interesting things like that, that like I just really didn't expect from the diet. Um, And when I added, when I started adding a little bit of carbohydrate back in so that I could train a little bit harder and get back into my normal training, um, a couple things that I noticed. Obviously, eating a little bit more carbohydrate, I uh, was storing a little bit more water in my muscle belly. And so I felt like a little bit more muscular, which isn't a bad thing for me because I'm so like long and lean. And it was nice to feel like I had like some shape again. Um, But again, I could hit those top end numbers for my VO2 max. Um, And, you know, I was able to reset and do very similar gym work that I could before on 250 grams of carbohydrates on like 40 and 50 grams of carbs, which is huge. You know, um, my mom just recently died of, uh, cancer, um, last year. And one thing that I know about, um, cancer is it loves sugar. And so, you know, that's something that I've really tried to cut out over the last year. And I know that it's necessary and I know that I burn right through it and I've done some blood testing and, you know, I flush sugar really, really quick, which is, you know, I, I kind of knew that about myself. Um, but my body uses it quick and then comes back to pretty low blood sugar. Um, but still, even with all of that information, it's not worth being in an insulin cycle all day. So I, I have cut it out and I just use it around training. And, you know. And when you do, it's like natural, like fruits mm-hmm. and honey. Yep. And such. Yep. I'll do berries and fruit with like a some yogurt um like some greek yogurt or cottage cheese and that's enough like that's plenty for me and so you know i I try to get most of my clients into um into that schedule you know if you're out doing physical activity or if you're you know man you're doing manual labor like that stuff is work like that's hard work you're outside all day um sometimes in the heat of the summer um i get it it's really really tough but as soon as you can recover from that work and get back to a lower carb if you choose to eat carbohydrates during your day for that kind of energy system um cut it out and get back to a lower blood sugar as fast as possible um, I have so many questions right now, and they're they're like they're not broad enough to be podcast questions. They're like they're like personal questions for me. Like everything, I'll just yeah. like all the stuff that you hit. I'm like, oh, I should ask her about this because you got this thing and you did this thing, and you, you ask her this question because like I don't know, I don't know how to explain this. I've got so many. Like we need to be friends. <laughs> all right, right? <laughs> I'm down. Yeah. It. It, well, the cool thing is, is you know, I, 
one thing that I love and hate at the same time is, you know, Instagram following. I have a, a bigger following now than I did a couple years ago. And you have one more right before this recording. I, I followed you. Oh, uh, cool. Well, one of the cool things about it is, you know, obviously some people are just on there for cool photo, like nice workout, but I get so much information back. It is this huge pool of information that I can kind of try against my clients that I'm working with. Um, I can test information with uh, one of the doctors that I'm writing my next book with. And so it's so much like personal information like, hey, I'm a long distance swimmer. This is what I eat. What would you change? How can I recover? I'm not sleeping. And it's like, wow, now I can like test it on this kind of energy system this type of person this type of of lifestyle like these are all of the other implements coming into play and it's been it's been really fun to kind of move into that space um rather than just 100 percent um you know crossfit athletes all the time which which is fun you know it's fun to see these there was those normal mortals i mean i like crossfit too yeah i haven't i've never competed but uh, I am thinking about going and competing in the tactical games. Yeah, but, um, I want to too, at some point. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. I, it looks really cool. It does. I have a couple of friends that go out and do the tactical games every year. I need to get better at shooting. <laughs> my co-host on this podcast. Oh, I can do that easy. I'll get you there. Uh, my my co-host on this podcast is uh, Varg Freeborn. He's um, he he teaches. He's a strength trainer, but he also uh, does a lot of. Um, uh, force on force and and defense related training is a very unique background and um, he uh, he's he's coaching strength coach for the this young lady who is just destroying everybody in the tactical games right now Uh-oh. and uh, <laughs> but yes he's doing a great job and but he's solid he's he's, he's the only person that I've ever had uh, program for me like workouts and uh, I actually put on size. I've been trying to put on size my whole life mm-hmm. and he showed me how to do that. And then I realized that I don't want size because, uh, he's like, cause I was like, don't break my running, man. I'll do all this stuff and, and put on some weight and muscle and everything else, but don't break my running. Yep. And, uh, he's like, okay, now after like three weeks, he's like, okay, we're going to get back to running a little bit. He's like, I need you to go run a mile after doing all these workouts. You know, we just started working in and in, in running. I'm at half mile mark and I'm dying, you know? And I'm like, because I put on all this muscle, you know, and like I can't run anymore. I'm like you broke me, you know. I, I can't do this anymore. So, uh, I, I I like myself at about 180, 185 and lean. I don't need to be at one ninety five. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting lifting and doing some of those other movements. You're turning everything on, right? So you're turning all of these muscles on so that you can safely lift the weight and move weight from point A to point B, and then you go and run. And the sport of running is turning as much off as you possibly off, can so yes. you can be efficient so it is yep. I, I used to run um i used to just solely race half marathon and i was pretty quick i had a 123 24 half marathon oh nice yeah which is pretty quick um i was uh i was 116 pounds i'm happy if i'm under two yeah <laughs> i i was 116 pounds at 58 so it was really really small i'm about 137 right now if i were going into a crossfit competition i'd try my hardest to be about 145 and every time i go into a competition and there's running i'm like oh i'm gonna destroy this and i suffer like it is running after anything you know weightlifting or anything um where you're moving weight from point a to point b it's super tough so it's a good thing to practice but 
I think once you know your numbers and you're like, okay, I know that I can be this, this fast and someone throws a wrench in the game, it's a totally different it's a it's a kick in your ego. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I said earlier that I don't like to run and I sometimes I'm out there and I'm running and when I'm in the moment I'm loving it. Yeah. You know, I I consider myself a writer. I, I write fiction and and write a few different things and uh um there's times when writing feels like a chore and there's times where it just feels like this is what I should be doing right now and there's nothing else in the world, you know? And uh and but but after you're done running, there's no better feeling than having ran. Then there's no better feeling than than having written, you know, and finished writing something, um, those kind of things. But what I what I like the most about it is, you know, as I get older and I get softer and I'm I don't have to be in charge of 42, you know, 18 to 20 year old young men who just want to fight and impregnate things and break things. You know, it's like. Um, I start to, to lose some of the, the mental toughness and, and uh, you know, some drive and some other things because I don't have to perform every day. And um, so running is just something that for me, it's, it's that thing that I still do that calluses the body, but it also really calluses the mind. You know, it's like just, you're, you're getting more calm. Every st- and it's not like you're every, you can either be there thinking about, man, maybe I should just go ahead and turn around and go back right now and just call it. It'll be four miles when I get back. Or I could go run one more and commit to two more miles. You know, it's like uh, it's a mental game the entire time. And you're making, you're defeating everything inside of you that says stop, slow down, don't do it anymore. With every step that you take, you're getting mentally stronger. At least I am. That's the way I see it. And um, that, that's that's why it's remained a part of my life. And, I, and I'd be the worst thing ever if I couldn't run, even though I don't like running, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um when I hurt my ankle last year, I tore all of the ligaments in the top of my foot, which was the worst thing I think I've ever go done. Go big or go home, right? Oh, my gosh. It was so bad. I fell off the chairlift when I was in sixth grade, and I broke, like, so many bones during that accident, and this was worse. Like, it just was so bad. Oh, yeah. Um, but it, it was interesting. I hadn't really thought about running until I had that injury. And then I'd like see people running down the road. And I'm like, that person is running like a complete idiot. And I realized I miss running. Like, I can't wait to run again. And now it's coming back. I'm starting to run a little bit more. But it's such a normal human function, you know, maybe not to run 60 miles, although obviously we can. Um, but I think keeping in running and always being able to have like a comfortable 5k, I think that that's really human and really yeah. such a good way to stay healthy. We're born to run. There's a book about it. Yeah. It's a great book, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it is it, a good book. I loved it. <laughs> um, we, we trained some night. 19- Even whether you're a runner or not, it's still a great book. Oh yeah. It, have you, promise. have you yes. read um, what I think about when I think about running? It's another good one. No. Yeah. That's another good one. I'll write that down, though. <laughs> yeah, I, it's definitely a good mind clear um, just to kind of. Yeah, you know, some days I, I'm just going to throw in an audio book and, and listen to it. Yeah. You know, recently I've, I've not been wearing headphones at all and just thinking. Yeah, that's awesome. I it's. Uh, I actually wrote an outline for a book. Did you? Uh, a few days ago. While you were running? I was doing, I was doing intervals. And, um, and I, I was thinking... And um, it's really clear. I was clear. I was thinking really clear. Yeah. It, it, so it, I wrote this this article a while back. It wasn't an article. It was um, a, a friend of mine 
uh, a SWAT cop in, in, in Kansas and said, hey, my brother's a football coach at a local high school. And, you know, every Wednesday after practice, they, they have somebody come by and speak to them, you know, a military person or somebody who was in, in combat or, you know, somebody who's been successful at something just to go motivate the kids and talk to them. And he said, you know, would you mind going and talking to them? And I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. And it was like a month and a half out. And I put this off until the last minute. Like, what? Like I don't even know what I'm going to talk about. You know, usually I can wing it in front of people and talk about something decent or just make jokes and embarrass myself <laughs> and then, you know, leave. Um, but I, I like, and 20 minutes before we were supposed to meet him or leave to go meet him, I sat down and wrote some notes, notes out on the computer, uh, like on my little note app. And um, so it goes to my phone. And um, I wrote 46 things that I wish – I would have, somebody would have told me when I was their age. And um, uh, there's a, a podcast, a few podcasts ago, I read them all on here. And uh, I've actually added to it now. I'm at like 50 some right now. But um, the, somebody else wanted to publish it on their website. I'm like, yeah, sure, you can, you can put it up there, a friend of mine. And uh, so he did. And it got a lot of really good traction on that website. And I got tons of messages about it. And there was a, it was, it was really cool. I, I just didn't expect anybody that would, would care about it, you know, and uh, and a lot of my my friends and, and colleagues were like, you you should you should write this, you know, like write a book about this these things. And so I'm not going to go into great detail about all of them because a lot of them are, are self explanatory. I mean, there's funny stuff in there, like when you walk into the men's bathroom and there are no urinals, you are not in the men's bathroom, right? <laughs> like, to, well, I, I've made that mistake before, right? Uh, uh, that girl who broke your heart. Um, is it's you're not gonna remember her name in ten years because you're gonna get overwhelmed with all the other girls who broke your heart <laughs> and you're gonna be interested in somebody else, you know, like just a lot of things, you know, they got there, just life stuff, you know, and uh um and a lot of stuff about kindness and and hugging your mom and, and just just important things that we need to do. And um the uh so I I wrote I wrote out um an outline with chapters uh while I was out there and so now I just got to go write those chapters. And I think it's got a pretty good idea because uh, I've um, I've got a family member who 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 doesn't have much of a, a father figure right now. And and my wife said, and this was for those kids that I wrote. And my wife told me one day she was like, you know, you should the things you're talking about and the things you're writing about and and those things like you should write a book for for some of these boys who don't have fathers. It's okay to be a man. It's okay to be masculine. It's okay to be uh, all these things. But here's the here's the way that it really is not the Instagram way it is not the, not the, I give zero F's. Like I, I despise that attitude. Like a man's measured by how many F's he does give, not how many he doesn't give, you know, it's like that kind of stuff. So just, a, there's a lot of folks out there that don't have fathers, you know, and, and it's, and they don't have a good male role model. And uh, so I, not that I am thinking for any, I'm, I'm a, as big of a moron, horrible person as anybody else out there. Right. So, but I, I, I do think I have a, a little bit to offer that. So I'm going to try to write that down and, and hopefully it helps some people out there. That's, uh, I love it. That's awesome. That's, um, that's kind of along the lines of what my next book will be about is, you know, look, I went through this whole time period of, you know, hating my body and wanting to be better and not being good enough and like okay cool everyone at some point is going to have those thoughts i'm sure here are some systems on how to get from point a to point b like without an eating disorder or you know without having negative feedback loops about your own body um and so that's that's actually haven't you thought about giving up 
yeah. <laughs> Yeah, haven't you ever in, in many different things that you're in, like in many exercises and many things in life? You know, I'm sure you, I'm sure you've been very unhappy with your body. I have, and I've thought about giving up many times. Absolutely. You know, and I've, it's uh, these are all normal things. I think people make the mistake and and they look at somebody like you and they're like, oh, she's never had a weight problem or like she's <laughs> never had this and everything else. Like, you know, or you know, even even some places where I'd go around and be like, "Oh, you know, Daniel, you can eat whatever you want." So I'm like, I, "Actually, I can't." Yeah. You know, it's uh, uh, I I do make a lot of bad <laughs> food choices, yeah. right? Uh, because I I I like food, you yeah, know, and I me too. sometimes I I'll regret it. Sometimes sometimes I have to punish myself later to to fix that thing that I made. Yep. Sometimes I don't punish myself, and then I see it around my midsection later on, right? Not in the good way around my midsection. So it's a, uh, you know. <laughs> I, I think changing that, like, okay, I had an ice cream because it looked good and moving that from like, oh my gosh, I had an ice cream. I'm so depressed now to like, go train the next day. Like that's fuel. Yeah. Like go use that for something useful. Like that is exactly what, what sugar is for, you know, go, go be useful with, with that energy that you just couldn't control yourself with, or it was delicious, you know, like be a real person and don't be a crazy person about it. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, Aaron. I know you. I know you're probably getting low on time here. Uh, so I, I just wanted to. If could you, there's. I'm serious. I got a bazillion yeah. questions, man. I really, <laughs> really do. Like, because uh, I, I wish I knew more about nutrition. You know, I, 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 the more I read on the internet, the more questions I have. I know. You know, the more I realize I don't know anything. And I, when I grew up, what we grew up being taught about, you know, the, uh, the food groups and everything else, and what you should get in every meal. I, I. The research that I've done and found, I disagree with all that. I think I think it, a lot of that's like it's not right. You know, it's like and we we had this weird thing with uh, when the president back in the day had a heart attack and we had all this heart health happen and we changed our diets and, and not for a good way based on some bad research. You know, and like and we've stayed with the same game plan ever since. And I, I think we've caused a lot of problems. And it, I don't know if you noticed, we have a huge problem in America, and uh, and I and I think a lot of it is that education and it's not willpower because I, I, I know tons of amazing people who are much smarter than me who are are just just made some bad choices maybe some bad information kind of thing so i've got a bazillion questions yeah. like why all my life i've never felt i've never felt something when i'm eating but in the past but in the past year i i feel a chemical change in my body whenever i'm a little hungry and i eat like I, I, and I'm not talking about something weird, spiritual, mm-hmm. or anything like that. I'm talking about like, like, um, like, like something hits. Like I just got sugar back, or or something. Even if I'm not eating sugar, whatever it is, but I, I, I feel a change in my body. It feels. I'm not sure if it's a good feeling or just a a feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not. I can't really distinguish. Um, but I've never experienced that. But I've recently, in the past year, I, I've been. Feeling that not every time I eat, but a, a high percentage of time. You could be waiting long enough to be able to feel some of these systems kick on. Like, you know, people who fast start to talk. I do a lot of intermittent yeah, fasting. Yeah, yeah. People who fast talk about this a little bit. Um, you know, if you fast and you're waiting until your body's hungry and you're getting signs like, you know, my stomach is telling me that I'm hungry. Uh, my mouth is starting to water when I am smelling food. Like those are signs that your body's ready to take in food at the time and you're ready to uptake energy, whatever energy you're coming from, 
whatever energy is about to come from the food, whether it's, you know, no matter what it is, it's, it's an energy source that you're putting in your body. And I think a lot of times people, people eat because it's time, not necessarily because, you know, they're hungry. Like, okay, it's, I'm waking up. I have time to eat. Oh yeah. yeah, I should eat. I guess I should eat. Yeah. Or it's lunchtime. I should probably eat. Like I hear that all the time and it's like, you should eat or you're actually hungry. So you might be just waiting long enough, um, for your body to like you to notice those natural systems happening because if you're just doling that sense all the time because you're eating whenever um or you're a grazer um you might not you might not be giving your body the chance to have that sensation of like actually intaking food i'm definitely not a grazer <laughs> yeah I yeah and that's what it is I, I wake up i might have like a, a protein shake or something in the morning or just water and nothing for breakfast and then uh you know some weeks i'll i'll eat a sandwich or like something for lunch a salad or something like every day of the week and then sometimes i i eat like a paleo bar and a a, a protein shake and then in the morning or something and then uh nothing till dinner you know, it's like, I'm sure that's not all great stuff to be doing. I, I have bad habits, but I get busy working too much. And, and then when I'm not working, like I want to stay up all night and hang out with the family and play and whatever we're doing and stuff like, because when you go to bed, that day's over and you don't ever get that day back. So it's like, you know, they try to make the best of the time. Absolutely. Um, do you like intermittent fasting now for like, it sounds like you write quite a bit. You're doing quite a bit of work during the day. Do you feel more clear doing that? That style. Uh, I, I feel my best I, I, in the intermittent fasting, being a little bit hungry. I, I like being a little hungry. Um, just a little, I don't like being a lot hungry. Yeah. Um, but I, um, my, my favorite is, um, is in, when I'm in a calorie deficit. Cause like right now I'm in a slight calorie deficit every day because of the 75 hard thing that I'm doing. Um, I'm probably at about, well, I say slight, I, I may be at about, uh, six, 800 calorie deficit. Um, but I, I feel my best when I'm at a calorie deficit. I feel light. I can move faster. I just feel, uh, I, I just don't feel fat. You know, like I, I don't feel, I don't feel like I'm carrying anything extra, even though, you know, and I'm carrying a little bit of extra and my, it goes to right to my belly. Just, I mean, I don't have a lot, but I got more than I'd like, but I, it's, um, I, whenever I'm in a calorie deficit, it just everything feels better well like everything does so if you're constantly digesting food and food is constantly going through your digestive tract that's taking blood out of your extremities to go to your stomach to help that process through so if you're eating all day of course you're going to feel a little bit tired or low energy and the first thing that people do is is start to crave sugar for that quick energy like okay three o'clock's rolling Mm -hmm. around like you know, sometimes people aren't even hungry and they're reaching for certain things just to balance out a blood sugar, uh, blood sugar spike or a blood sugar cycle. And so um, I'm noticing more people who are in the creative space, um, like writers and, um, you know, people who are uh, like tech company guys who are building software and things like that, who um, they're finding intermittent fasting, whether, you know, they eat you know, whatever, keto or uh, normal balanced paleo diet, or, you know, it doesn't matter what they eat at the end of the day, but they're feeling like they're getting more work done at a higher rate with that intermittent fasting, because you're literally taking away that digestive system. 
um, and you're yeah. you're using all of that space for something else, brain power. So <laughs> now that you bring that up, that, that makes me question whether it was the keto or the intermittent fasting. Because when I was doing keto, I was heavy. I was without every day intermittent fasting. I wouldn't eat till like two. Mm-hmm. Um, and but uh, and it was. I think it was the most productive I've ever been in my life on keto. It's just I don't know. People the, the internet tells me it's because your brain's using fat you know, for calories and, and not sugar. So it's better at that. Like whether that's true or not, I have no idea. I I'm not at that level to understand all that. I know I just felt the best I've ever felt in my life better than when I was doing the vegetarian thing. Any other time. Well, you're getting the clarity from, from fasting. So having that empty system, but also if you've, if you are letting your blood sugar be low enough for a long enough period, your brain actually creates a ketone body, which is an, mm-hmm. it's a fourth macronutrient, you know, that we have fat, we have protein, we have carbohydrate, and then we have a, a ketone body. Um, and the ketone body is what people essentially are trying to obtain when they're doing the, the keto diet. And that is a fuel source all on its own that your brain can run off like really clear and endurance athletes can run off of it. That's when I pee on the stick and I see that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm in ketosis. Yeah, right? yeah. So, um, I mean, that's probably super ideal for what you're doing all day. And I try to do the same. Usually, I train in the morning, so I have something right after training. But sometimes I don't. You know, I don't always need to eat right after training. So, if I'm an afternoon tra- training and and uh, I like running in the dark in the evening. yeah, I live in Texas. Too. Yeah, that explains it. <laughs> but yeah, um, I. If somebody, like just for a quick little takeaway, um, intermittent fasting is awesome. It's great for cutting calories in a really natural way. Um, You know, even if you're not ready to start tracking calories, um, it doesn't have to be a specific window. Um, Men can usually fast a little bit longer than women can. and so, just don't binge and get them all back in that evening meal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So eat, once you do start eating, I usually push people towards like fats and proteins rather than carbohydrates. A lot of times people think like, oh, carbohydrates, you know, I, I can get away with this because I haven't eaten anything all day. Um, but try to ease back into it with fats and proteins um, and then eat until you're satiated. You know, if you're going to have a late lunch and then a small dinner, um, that is probably a fairly... A, a big calorie deficit, you know, you could yeah. potentially be cutting out, you know, six or 700 calories a day. Just make sure that you're getting enough so that your body's not getting used to dropping weight at such a low, low, low calorie level. Um, but yeah, intermittent fasting is great. I suggest everyone trying it, just see how they feel like try it for a week. And if it's tough, yeah. it gets easier. Um, but I usually don't push it until like two o'clock. If I'm hungry at 12, I'll eat at 12. Um, so it's super, super low stress way to get used to intermittent fasting. Yeah. Don't have maybe, yeah, maybe that's a good idea. Like not have like a strict rule. I can't eat till two, like make this sustainable, you know, and maybe, maybe next year you can push it to one, you know, make that rule once you get good habits. So I almost let us sign off a second ago. I was moving that direction because oh, okay. I know you got to go. Yeah. Uh, and then we started talking about the intermittent fasting <laughs> everything, which I aim at, um, so where where can everybody follow you and uh, and and you know pick up your book and 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 learn more about all the things that are in your brain? Yeah, so I I answer questions all day long on my Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is Shut Up Eat, and then my website is shutupwork.com. Um, you can buy my book on my website, or you can also buy it on Amazon. It ships all over the world, um, and then yeah. The company that I work for, the company that 
um, that I own, the podcast studio that I'm in right now, is nonprofit.media. And we put out some cool information. Every once in a while, I put out my training on their website. So, yeah, that's where people awesome. can find Well, you said you had a publishing company, too. Yeah, my husband and uh, our business partner, Mark Twight, have a publishing company. So, they do... That was the, the what you just named? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, they... Like, okay, this the is Mark's... Nonprofit Media? Uh, this is Mark's book. It's, it's uh, mostly, like, really rad photography. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Awesome. All right, well... Thanks, Aaron, and everybody else out there. Until next time, the Mag Life out.